Yeah, in in the world, you just said, "Oh no, I just said, just did it all in the world." Welcome to Hot Marriage Cool Parents. I'm your host Jamie Otis Hainer, and I am Doug. And just we just put our kids to bed. <laughs> yeah, so we are recording this, and. It's 10 o'clock at night, aye, but that's aye, what aye. happens when you have kids and no family in town. This feels like we, we like our old time I know, record, record you can, but we are so excited because we put out on Instagram that this week we wanted to do a Q&A with those of you listening, and so we put out on Hot Marriage Cool Parents page, just, you know, send in your questions because we really, the whole point of the podcast is that we really, truly want to get to just serve you more and connect with you more and so uh without even before it takes us to the end of the of the episode we're going to give a five-star shout out because every single one of you as a matter of fact someone who was listening on spotify dm'd me today and said where do i leave the five-star review on spotify and i have to tell you i don't even really know because i always listen on apple's like podcasts so just because we have max i mean they have the podcast app here. Yeah. So I'm not sure where you leave the five-star review on Spotify. So if you know, let me know. <laughs> but <laughs> We can uh, relay that message. Yeah. Last week's episode was obviously very, it was literally straight from the heart. Like it was not really planned necessarily, but it all just kind of flowed out. And that's the coolest thing about podcasting yeah. for us is that it was a powerful episode. Yeah, it really was. It was very vulnerable and yeah. raw. Um, and you know, and I've had a few of those. Yeah. And that's the <laughs> thing about this podcast is that I feel like it's some of the times that we talk best or when we're a podcasting or B driving. Well, I mean, there's been a, a couple times now where it's just like, oh, how did your fertility appointment go? Oh, save it for the podcast. What? That's what happened. When? Oh, yeah. Well, we never even talked about it on the podcast, though. No, I know. But I'm saying like. Um, a lot of the conversations that we'll bring up, we'll say, save it for the podcast. So we won't talk about it. Like yeah. my last appointment with the doctor, you were like, nope, save it for the podcast. We'll talk about it then. Yeah. Which honestly, I really wish, but then we never talked about it. So that was kind of silly of us. I know. Well, we can talk okay. about it now. Well, because I feel like we, um, I was so confused there for a second. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it made me feel weird. I was sorry. I didn't mean to make <laughs> you feel weird. Um, I was just like, what is he talking about? Save it for the podcast. Cause I feel like I've only said that once, but it's true that we just have like a better like we actually have uninterrupted conversations when we're podcasting. And if you have kids and you know that that's like never like that's just never happening otherwise. Yeah. And so anyways, um, speaking of that, um, yeah. should we get to our five star review? Yeah, we were going to get to our, well, I'm like way off. I wasn't expecting you. Are you okay? <laughs> did you, did you take something? Oh, geez, Louise. No. Jamie had wine earlier. I, That's what it is. I haven't had wine in so long because I'm, we're trying to get pregnant. And yeah. so I haven't had a drop of alcohol. And then today at the pool, I was at the pool with the neighborhood girls. and That was a fun time. Yeah. And this one brought a bottle of wine and like no one seemed, and she like brought it to share. And so I was like, well, I'll have some. I just didn't want her to, she's new and I didn't want her to feel left out. And I was like, she's twist my arm. I guess I'll have one <laughs> glass of wine with you. But I really haven't had any since then. And I was saying to Doug, like it, you know, it feels weird drinking it now. Like when you have gone so long without having it. But anyways, yes, let's get to our five-star review. Yeah. All right. So this one comes from Lorette One who says, praise God. Preach it, girl. <laughs> 
I loved your message about your relationship with God. You are so right. Don't let people discourage you. Just, just God talk to you through uh, the Holy Spirit. That sweet, soft voice that talks to us is God. You are so blessed that you realize that at a young age. Continue going to church as a family. Teach your children young. You will also grow, grow, you will also grow closer as a family. You have a big heart. I wish I lived close so I can be your friend. You are such a great example of God's love. Doug, you hang in there and God will continue to give you strength through your journey. I see God working through you. Uh, and we got um, praying hands emoji. Thank <laughs> you both emoji. for your hard work. Such a great example, Loretta. Oh, thanks, Loretta. You know, honestly, Thank I you. don't really like talking about God or religion or politics or anything like that that's like so sharply one way or the other because yeah. I genuinely believe, like I genuinely love everyone, whether they agree with my philosophy on life or not. And we're all just trying to figure out like the best that we can do. But I do have to say that the two times that I was lowest, like the, the lowest points in my life, the one thing that pulled me through was truly God. Like, I mean, it was just my faith. And so I feel like there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, just for yeah. me personally, knowing that, you know, yeah, I've, I've, I don't feel like I've ever had a close relationship with God. I think I've always questioned it. Yeah. Like I'm still not very religious, but we would, we would go as a family when I was a kid, we would go. Um, Sundays, uh, we were Presbyterian, so we'd go to the Presbyterian church, and uh, we used to always go on Christmas Eve. Uh, that was a big thing, but yeah, I don't know. I was never really connected to God or religion, um, but we have been going a lot here, and, and I do like the church that we're going to. I, You know what? It is nice to have our kids sit around the table and hold hands, and you know, when we're getting ready to eat and say, you know, tell us what you're thankful for, even if yeah. they, they say but and, Tushy and but. other things, you oh, know, but every still, single they, night they're used to it. Every single night when we pray before dinner, they'll say, Hendrix will, will, will say, okay, now church, we all pray, we all take our turns <laughs> to, to thank God for whatever we're thankful for. And Hendrix will like have his eyes open and he'll look at Henley and he'll be like, say tushy butt, say tushy butt. And, <laughs> and I'm like, what? And yeah. so then Henley would say, no, Hendrix, God, I'm thankful for da 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 da. And then when it's Hendrix's turn, Hendrix will say, I actually have a audio. We have to include it. We're going to yeah. send this over to our editor. He's an amazing <laughs> editor, Matt. Shout out to Matt, our editor. We have this little audio. I want to play it right now because it's literally from tonight when we were praying. I have a video. And they're saying, I'm thankful for tissue butt. I'm thankful for belly aches. I'm thankful for it. Like they're just, and then like yeah. just arguing over what they're thankful for. We're going to play it right now. I pray for this food to bless our body. And I pray that my both Henley and Hendrix will pray next. Go ahead, Hen Hendrix. Again. Your turn. It's your turn. One more time. Again. No, one more. I it's you. No, we don't say we're going to get your body. You got my roof and makeup and my God. And then from the moon, there's your God. These silly kids. They are yeah. so funny. But honestly, I really do like that we pray every single night before dinner and that before bed, I try to make sure that we say what we're thankful for. And Henley will um, will just say, I'm so tired. I don't want to. But I'm like, yeah. Henley, it's really important that we thank God for the good things we have in our lives because then we get more good things. And then she's like, okay, well, I'm thankful for sleep. Good night. Like, good, thank you, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, but I, I don't know. I'm hoping that it's teaching them the value of gratitude and yeah. um, any Just case. to, well, also to remember what we did through the day. 
because we, we could have the most fun day ever. And then if we come home and we don't put on something or we don't, we say no to playing with them for some reason, the whole day is boring and or we if didn't we, do anything. Yeah. Or if we say no tablet or yeah. no games, then they're like, oh, this is boring. This is the worst day ever. And we're like, really? Because yeah. we actually just did all these fun things and you've already forgotten about that. <laughs> okay. Any other parent really, I feel like we cannot be the only ones there. No. But moving on to the questions, because yes. this week we have questions from you who are listening and I... Like I said earlier, we just put it out on Instagram and um, and I we grabbed some from you. And so one question is from Mrs. Hansen0818. And she says, are you in contact with your aunt from your dad's side who you just met? And yes, I am. My I have two aunts, actually, the one I matched with on the Ancestry DNA. And so I am in contact with her still and my other aunt and my poppy. As a matter of fact, he was supposed to come in September and potentially play golf with you. Really? Yeah. So oh, I would love that. And now it's September. So we need to yeah. reach out to him because gosh, time flies. And my poppy, so my my only grandparent still alive now, is 87 or is he 86? He's okay. either 86 or 87. I think he's 87. I think he turned 87 in June. So I would like to spend as much time with him as I possibly yeah. can. I feel like I am a lot like him in the sense that he, you know, I don't know. He's just a very ambitious, hardworking. Am I just patting myself on the back? Yeah, a little bit. But no, <laughs> I, as an outsider, I, I see it. I see a lot of you in, in that side of the, the family. Yeah, I think so. And so I just, I just want to get to know, and that's the closest thing to my dad, I feel yeah. like. So, yeah, so I am, you know, they live, we all live in different areas of the, of the states. So, well, um, and I mean, of the country, I should say. Yeah, but if, if you think about it too, um, think about being a grandfather, and all of a sudden you hear that your child <laughs> or your kid had a baby that he didn't know about, and you're eighty something years old. Yeah, that's weird. and you know, regardless of you know whatever happens from here. He has been an amazing person yeah. to talk to, to connect with. Um, he he welcomed us yeah. and you with open arms and no yeah. question. Yeah, that's about wild. It. And you know, this is this is a guy that's very successful and and is uh, has run successful businesses. Uh, he's very accomplished. He's with it. Um, and you know, it's nice that he's down in Florida because we did get to see him, but. Um, just opened his arms to to you and the kids, and yeah. it's just been really amazing for you know, just random. Yeah, no, it's it actually is really amazing, and I think that it was his his wife. Like he's been remarried since my mm. grandma, his wife of many many years, passed away, and I never got to meet her. And as a matter of fact, when Henley was a baby, they thought she looked just like my grandma, his wife, who's been who's passed so I've never had a chance to meet her but the new wife who they like bonded over both their spouses had Alzheimer's and they were both in homes and they were taking care of them and they fell in love you know taking care of the that their first loves I guess and so she had some experience with this and I think she was really a voice of reason for him I guess or like to make it like so that it wasn't so uncomfortable and she was very loving and welcoming and unfortunately she's had a lot of medical issues and yeah. so I'm not sure I haven't seen her in a long time but yeah, she played a pretty big role in the initial meetup I would say so yeah so needless to say if you're someone who has you know 
been searching for your family and you don't know, or like you've discovered who they are and you're scared to reach out. I know that's obviously so scary because you just don't know how they're going to react. But, and you do hear a lot of times that they're not exactly excited to hear about long lost uh, daughter <laughs> that or granddaughter that they never knew about. Yeah. Well, the beauty is a lot of people have social media now, so... A lot of times you can figure out who they are and, and kind of get a good profile. Yeah, but you never know how they're going to react. Exactly. And, um, and I would like to just, I guess it's like, I feel like it's, I would like to encourage you to just try because you never know if you don't try, but, um, you know, and, and it could end up in a, in, in a good way. So to answer another question, uh, a lot of you are asking, do we hear from Monet or Courtney from our season of Married at First Sight? Or do I hear from, from them? And also, who do we stay in touch with from Married at First Sight? Do we still talk to cast members of Married at First Sight? Uh, married at first sight. Well, we were on season one, of course, you yep. know, and Monet, I haven't heard from, I don't even know if I have her number anymore. I haven't heard from Monet in so long. No. And Vaughn, uh, after, after the, um, that was Monet's season, husband. Yeah. After season one, um, we really didn't have any contact. I think he kind of didn't want any association yeah. with Married at First Sight after that. And say, same thing with uh, Jason and Courtney when they were married. We we hung out with them a couple times um, because we were living in the city and so were they. Um, but then slowly kind of drifted apart. And then yeah. uh, Courtney um, just had a second baby, yeah. I think. Courtney's had another baby. Um, yeah. But we also li- don't live near each other, so we don't really stay yeah. in touch. Uh, also, she's not, you know, married to her spouse or married at first sight anymore. And so we don't stay in touch uh, as well. I feel like I speak to, honestly, Amani and Woody more than than yeah. anyone these days. We've done a couple specials. Yeah, uh, we've done that. a couple <laughs> things with Amani and Woody. and um, Well, you got to know a lot of the cast um, through... Um, unfiltered unfiltered yeah doing the after show yeah and and so truly like I mean we're friendly and talk to everyone on married at first sight but we just don't live near anyone we live in Sarasota the show's never been in Sarasota or Florida so we don't see them often but whenever we do I feel like we're you know like Ashley and Anthony we are you know I follow Ashley yeah. yeah and then uh Danielle and Bobby I've you know We've never really hung out per se. Well, they've been in Sarasota. I mean, occasionally we've seen some people, but... I'm in a fantasy football league with um, 10 or 11 other Married at First Sight husbands from the past. Yeah, so we... So I do talk to... It's hard. After you, you know, have kids, and a lot of us have kids, it's like you can't just, like, pick up and go hang out. But I think it would be amazing. And I've put a... I've tried telling the producers and the network executives over at Lifetime that we should have a show with all of us, you know, with our children, just kind a of like a competition show, not a competition show, just yes. like a, families where are they now? Against families. No, not husband that. and wife versus husband and wife. <laughs> okay. I want a maps Olympics. Okay, Doug. And I will make up. Did you just games. make this up right now? Cause I've never heard no, you talk this about is this. Something that I've been thinking about for a while. You're so funny. Like a maths Olympic challenge. Well then I better start working out harder. Yeah. Cause I don't like to lose. I know. <laughs> I think we would still have a shot. Uh, maybe. I don't know. These ones are, we're, we're like 10 years older than like the youngest. Cause we're, 10 years in now, so yeah, we're almost true. 10 years in. But we're still nimble. I <laughs> Is hope nimble the right that's word? right. I don't know, I don't know either. Yeah. But any well, case. Wait, before we move on, um, who did you meet that you were surprised about? Meaning, who and Married at First Sight that you met through Unfiltered, were you 
surprised at how they were when you met them in person versus being on the show? I feel like I can't say that because... Um, Look, it's not good or bad. You don't have to go there. Because it but, was bad. And um, usually it is bad. It's like, you're like, oh, you're so excited to meet them. And because I watch Married at First Sight. And then I sit down and I, I like talk with them and they like, it's interesting how quickly people become divas. Like when they think that they're like a celebrity because they're on TV or something. And it's like, wait a minute, girl, like we all married a stranger and we've, we, you know, like we're not celebrities. Like we are Z list if we are. And <laughs> just like the, like sometimes when I, there's been a couple people who like won't, who are just so rude. Like I remember one time I was interviewing people like this one girl and she came in and she like threw her mic and was like I am done with this interview and it was over like nothing I don't even remember what it was over it was this was a while ago so um but I was like that is not how I expected that to go and then there has been other times where I mean well the one person that I wasn't surprised was this guy Brandon he was like really scary um but he was also scary on tv so like that wasn't really surprising but I was like the, that was the only time we ever had security in the production oh, was office. That, that was D.C., right? Oh, golly, I can't remember. Washington, D.C. I think so. I never remember what city they're from because there's so many of them. Yeah. But um, he was genuinely, like, kind of scary. Um, but uh, I don't know. Like, they're, mostly it's, like, women who end up being so snotty and just, like, not like they they come off as really sweet and nice, like, or just, like, normal anyways on TV. And then you meet them and they're just like, um, you know, I don't know. They just like expect like special, yeah, they expect like special treatment kind of, and they don't want to be, don't ask them a certain question because they're not going to answer it. And they're sick of this filming and da da da. And I'm like, I'm just the host. I don't know what to say. (laughs) Which is so different because I mean, being season one, we, we didn't have a show to look at to say, okay, this is what they're doing. This is how it's supposed to go. Um, but I, I genuinely feel like we never gave the producers or camera people a hard time. Well, I don't think we ever got like super like, like diva and ordering people around. I mean, there were, there were times where I I needed a coffee before we could start filming in the morning. Cause you're a Um, caffeine addict. (laughs) Yeah. But, but I think that we, we got along with everybody. Yeah. I think that. Um, and there was nothing off limits. Like we didn't say no to really any topics. I don't think. I think when you're really comfortable with yourself and you're just being yourself on camera and off camera, it's a lot easier. And I don't think, and I think, I think, I don't, I don't know why we do that so easily and how that's so easy for us, but it's very difficult for some people to be the same on camera and off. And I've like witnessed it over and over and over again. And it's like, I don't know why, cause it's just so easy. Like I guess that's like, I really enjoy the fact that I'm literally like braless right now in like a shirt with like sweatpants on. And that's how I show up to podcast because then when you see me braless with a sweatshirt on outside and I'm like, oh crap, like, cause sometimes I'll, I'll go someplace and I think that I don't know anyone. I just want to pop in and pop out. But of course people know me. That's and when so, you get noticed. yeah, but the greatest thing about the way that, and like the, what I would say to anyone who's about to go on television or be on camera is truly just be yourself because it is so freeing because you know 
like you listening right now, you know that I'm braless and sweatpants half the time. My hair is greasy, pulled back. You don't back. have to put on a show. Yeah. And so then when you see me out in public, you're like, oh, yep, that's what she looks like. Oh, yep, that's what I see. Like it's so instead well, it of. it wasn't like that for you in the beginning though. No, it wasn't. I did learn to become more like that over time, but I was always truly myself on camera yes. and off camera. And what you realize is that a lot of people aren't and it's not because they don't want to be it's because they just don't know how to be it's very you do feel a little vulnerable I think on camera yeah the difference though is we were part of season one and then married at first sight the first year part one married at first sight the first year part two then we had um Jamie and Doug plus one yeah we've had a lot of tv shows and spinoffs yeah yeah. it wasn't just like one season and then that's it that's true but and also I have to say I have to give credit to the bachelor because I was not at all myself on the bachelor I pretended to be I don't know something that someone would like I at least I like at least when it came to Ben like I I like just really didn't ever tell him anything real about me and I think that that was so like every time I was around him, I was scared he was going to ask about something or even the girls. No one really knew that I was, you know, my mom was a drug addict. I didn't know my dad. I lived in a trailer in a trailer park where I had custody of my siblings. And I was like terrified to let anybody know, even though the producers knew. But And I think that was the biggest yeah. fear was that they knew. So I'm like, oh God, when are they going to like, you know, out me basically. And that kind of anxiety is debilitating. And it took the show actually airing and like, I guess like, Cause then they were at my trailer. So of course the trap, like just like my story was out there and it took like these, like, I mean, I'll never forget like on the subway, I was on the subway and cause I went, moved to Manhattan soon after that. And I was on the subway going downtown on the A train and this girl came up to me and she must've been a teenager. And she like patted me on, like tapped me on the shoulder. And she said, you know, are you Jamie Otis? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> it was so weird. Cause I, this is the first time people would recognize me, I guess in public, oh. but she said, Oh, I saw you on The Bachelor. And she basically said that she has a similar, like something of like a similar upbringing and that I inspired her to be a nurse. I am not even kidding you. And I was like, my, 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 my jaw was to the floor. I was like, what? I inspired, like, I felt you like, (laughs) what? And I was like, oh, so nice to meet you. Like, I didn't even know what to say, but it was so, that was the moment that I realized oh my gosh, like there are other people out there who have the same story as you that need to know that they can break out of that circumstance. Like they don't have to be a product of their environment. They don't have to be a victim of their circumstances. And yeah, and just kind of like fueled the fire in me also to just, I mean, it's freeing to just be who you really are. Like who cares what your skeletons are? Like you think that they're so bad, but when you finally let them out, you realize oh, this isn't so bad. And actually I'm not the only one going through this yeah. and other people could use some support too. So yeah. I feel like you probably realize that now from- 100%, you know, 100%. Because you kept that skeleton yeah. in your closet for such a long time yeah, with the drug like, addiction. I would even hide from strangers who weren't even like prying or knowing or probably even would care. You yeah. Know? It would just be like, why don't you drink? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just haven't drank in a while. That's all. Yeah, I mean, there. I understand you don't want to like share- I mean, that's also going kind of deep, but it's just got to be freeing. Like, isn't it just so freeing yes. to just yeah. let it out there? It Who cares? Like, yeah, it doesn't feel like you're hiding behind something yeah. all the time, you know? Yeah. It's like, because when you're hiding, you have that feeling of being caught yeah. always, like whether it's a big deal or it's not. So then a big you feel deal. guilty all the time, exactly. but guilty for what? Like, what yeah. are you, what are you really guilty for? Like for your truth? Like that's yeah. awful. Yeah. Moving on, I want to get to more questions because I feel like we're chit-chatting too much. Um, so 
uh, let's see, two questions. This is from Mary Ann O. And she says, two questions. One, what coping skills do you find helpful for anxiety? And number two, is there anything you wish you would have done before having kids? I would say coping mechanisms for anxiety, meditation, 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 praying, therapy, um, breathing, like that's like a whole topic in and of itself, I think, because anxiety is something I've struggled with a lot. That and not so much a coping mechanism, but something that genuinely has helped my anxiety is to decrease the caffeine. And no one wants to hear that because we all love our coffee and I get that. But I'm telling you- It's true for you though. It is true. And it's not like that for everyone. Doug drinks a ton of caffeine and isn't overly anxious. I don't even know how. Oh my gosh, if I drank your caffeine, I'd be well, like- Well, I sip throughout the day. And I mean, I haven't really uh, drank oh, a lot of coffee. You drink a lot of coffee, Doug, in comparison to Yeah, I guess I do. Yeah, he really does. He drinks, tell them what your order is. So yeah, so for at Starbucks, I'll get- a Trenta cold brew. Which with, is the largest size, by the way. no ice and a shot of espresso in it. So that's like tar mixed with some tar, and then he drinks that. Motor oil. Yeah. And you're telling but me. But that will, that will last me two to three days. No, it will not. Two days, it'll last me. Maybe. I never finish a full Trenta. But still. I always have some left that's over. Like but it is a lot. A lot. Yeah. And you're not anxious, which is interesting. He's no. the least anxious person I've ever met in my life, which is probably why we work out because I'm like, hey, like, oh, he's like hinged and like <laughs> anxious about everything. Although I'm going to put that, like, I'm not putting that onto the universe. I'm taking yeah, that fine. back. I'm way calmer now than I used to be. <laughs> um, but I would say if you're drinking coffee, Marianne, um, try to reduce that a little bit. That was, that is probably the single thing that has been so effective that and, uh, meditating has been so helpful as well. Um, yeah, and you do a lot of meditating at night. I do. You play, uh, you, well, you were playing the Bible for uh, there for a while, going to bed. Yeah, I like um, to listen then, to meditation apps, the Bible, mm. audiobooks sometimes, you know, before bed, playing games on my phone, <laughs> like a real nerd. Um, okay, so is there anything you wish you would have done before having kids? Honestly, nothing. Do you have anything you wish you would have done before kids? I think we did a lot of what I wanted to get done yeah, before he, kids. He had a pre-baby bucket list. Yeah, so we so went to South Africa. We went like There were a few with. things that we didn't do, but those things that, I mean, so for anybody that hasn't watched us, um, Jamie wanted kids and I had a pre-baby bucket list of things that I wanted to do before kids, um, which included going to South Africa to swim with a great white shark, go on a safari, um, I wanted to live with a, um, an indige uh, indigenous tribe uh, for two weeks to just see about surviving and living in a hut. We didn't do that. I though. mean, how could we? Yeah. Like, how do you just like leave life and go? I mean, I honestly, I would still do that. I think that sounds amazing. Fun. But yeah. like, how do you go about doing, doing something like that? Maybe if we're like missionaries one day, we can yeah. live with like an indig indigenous tribe tribe as missionaries um before we continue going on well uh, there was go on a ghost hunt oh gosh he wants which to continue, we did. he wants to continue um, to tell you about his yeah, so, bucket list. yeah so we did the skydiving then we did we went on a uh, a ghost hunt with all equipment um so it was like a legit ghost hunt um did we do anything else oh my goodness doug we did so many things uh, um i think that was did you say the safari yeah okay yeah, so we did that um, yeah, so we had, he had a lot of things on his pre-baby, pre-baby <laughs> bucket list. I can't say that. Um, and then for me, I was like, you can bring a baby 
to do anything. Like truly, like you can, like having a baby doesn't stop your life. Like you can still live life. And I guess I thought like that because my mom had so many kids, and, <laughs> but like, did she live really? I'm like, we didn't really do a whole lot, but I'm like, but my mom still lived her life. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I have like neglect issues. <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> why that's my philosophy, but anyways, um, Let's just pause right there because I want to talk about a brand new take on toothpaste called No BS Toothpaste. What do you mean a new take on toothpaste? So No BS Toothpaste is a fluoride-free dehydrated tablet that you put in your mouth, you chew a couple times, and then you brush normally. So this was formulated by a dentist to provide a minimalist toothpaste without sacrificing on efficacy. Only 13 super clean ingredients in No BS get it see what i did there good for you (laughs) but no sulfates no parabens no microplastics and because it's made without water it eliminates the need for a lot of the preservatives found in traditional toothpaste and unlike most fluoride free brands no bs is made with the safest remineralizing agent nano hydroxyapatite which is a lot to say but it's not only proven to be as effective as fluoride but it makes it the safest choice for mothers and mothers to be and breastfeeding mothers yeah. and kids so plus the tablets are pre-dose so there's no worrying about using too much or too little it comes in a glass jar so there's no mess no crinkly tube and no getting your toothpaste confiscated at the airport or having it explode all over your clothes and your luggage definitely happens so for <laughs> to enjoy 15% off your first month supply of no bs toothpaste go to betterbiome.com that's b-e-t-t-e-r-b-i-o-m.com and use the code hmcp at checkout for 15 percent off that's betterbiome.com and use the code hmcp at checkout for 15 percent off a one month supply let's get back to it uh the next thing is ellen holbrook said my question is how do you find the time to answer the little people like me you have so many fans and you amaze me every day well ellen i wanted to bring i wanted to just you it's not even a question but i just want to let you know that i do see you i am literally sitting here on my uh instagram and this is on top marriage cool parents one and just reading your questions and your comments because i genuinely enjoy having you as like like you listening like as a community like as like family is like internet aunties for our kids I mean I've really yeah. felt so much love and support and I know I say it all the time but I really have and I'm really thankful for it and I want to be able to kind of connect with you on a deeper level so Ellen I just want you to know and I hope you're listening to this to this episode because <laughs> I just wanted to give you a shout out and say hi because no one's the little people I mean we're all yeah. We're all just people looking for love and connection and friendship and, you know, respect and like a laugh here and there, you know, we're all just looking for the same thing in life. And so one of the coolest parts about the way that we met and got married is people have known us since the day that we got married Yeah, and they've been able to follow our journey. So when we say we have a community or girlfriends as, as Jamie said, you're my girlfriend, you know, that, that is, I feel like that sort of connection is kind of rare. I don't know of any other people that I've watched on TV where you've watched when they met and then were able to watch their family grow. We had two babies on TV. Yeah. Um, and kind of go through there and people have, have 
stuck with us. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for sticking with us and supporting for supporting our family and cheering, like rooting on for our family. Um, Salem Square Secrets. She has asked me this. That is true several times. I've seen it in my, I put out questions on Instagram and she always asked me this, but it's a loaded answer. So I've never like, it's not as easy to just pop it on an Instagram story. But okay, so she's been, she says, I've been dying to know the answer to this question. A while back, I saw you say somewhere that if you and Doug wouldn't have made it, that you and Doug wouldn't have made it if you didn't have kids. Why? You guys are soulmates. Kids are no kids. Da, 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 da. Yes. So the truth of the matter for this is mm. that I can answer this because I know exactly what she's talking about because it was on my end. So yeah, I do too. You do? What? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, when I was like seven months pregnant with Henley, um, is when I first discovered his Suboxone wrapper, which was, you know, the medication that he was hiding from me and flushing it down the toilet. And he didn't have a job. I had four jobs at the time. We had just moved into a new house. We were fighting a lot. And, you know, when I went upstairs, I remember I came home. And if you go back a few episodes, you could find this episode, the whole story about when I was like seven or eight months pregnant with Henley. And I came home from Manhattan. I was hosting a show called The Little Things. And I walked up, you know, upstairs. I went, Doug was out like cleaning the pool, which he would do for like hours on end. I swear, because I mean, he didn't have a job. So, you know, he was just keeping himself busy. <laughs> and, um, but sometimes you, I would come home and you were playing the video game and you were just playing the video game all the time. And I'm like, Doug, I'm working four effing jobs. Why are you playing a video game? And yeah. You know, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm trying. And of course you were in a depression. And of course I didn't like necessarily see that. And I was so focused on this baby in my belly. I mean, first of all, we lost our first baby. So I'm just mostly focused on like making sure we can keep the second, you know, the second baby. And yeah, that was scary all the way up until the third trimester, really. I mean, for me, it was scary until I held that baby in my arms. And the same thing happened with Hendrix. Like, I don't know why, but it's, and I don't like to say it while I'm pregnant that I'm scared because I don't want to put that out in the universe. But of course I am. I mean, like you just, it's just, you just never know. But anyways, I walked upstairs. I see this wrapper in the toilet with the lid down. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? And I Google it because I didn't know what Suboxone was. And, um... And I just like instantly started bawling because I was like, oh my gosh, he's a drug addict. It's all making sense. Like what, that's why he was in all this debt and we had to live with his parents and he has no job and I'm working all these jobs and he's at home playing video games. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's a drug addict. And I like remember just getting into the shower and just bawling because I have Henley in my belly. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to cry. But, um, and I'm just thinking to myself, this is exactly what I never wanted. And now all his odd behavior is making sense to me because he would do, I mean, you would be at work. I mean, you would leave at like eight o'clock in the morning and not come home sometimes, sometimes till 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, what the F are you doing? And you're like, oh, I had to work late. And I'm like, really from eight to 10 PM. And I don't know, you just had a lot of odd behavior. And um, anyways, it just all kind of came, like I was just like, I, I just, if we weren't, if we weren't, if we didn't have Henley at that moment, I don't think I would have given, I would have just said goodbye. Like I just can't because it was just, it was just too much. And the one thing I never, ever, ever, ever wanted was to be married to someone who had a drug addiction. I never wanted that because obviously of what happened with my mom. Yeah. Yeah. And so Henley 
probably, you know, and I don't ever want like to say that Henley saved our marriage. I don't ever want her to have that kind of pressure. Like if God forbid there's something ever, it has nothing to do with our kids. You know, like we are our, our, yeah, our, but that our, was our the, own. that was the, the film that was still holding us together. It really was the fact that we had a daughter and then to be very honest, you know, we, uh, we were like trying to get, you know, I was trying to figure out cause he's then saying, I'm not a drug addict. This is the medication I'm on. And so then I went to his doctors with him to be like, this is meant like you are, this is prescribed. And his doctor looked at me like I had 10 heads, but I'm like, yeah, I want to, I mean, I'm super pregnant here. I want to know that my husband yeah. isn't an addict and isn't using this illegally. And you know, like, and I want to see change. Like I want to know, I want him to have a job. I want, you know, we got to have a, a better relationship than this. And this is a part that we don't ever really, we've never talked about really. We've never like publicly talked about this part of our marriage. And even at the time we were filming, um, we were filming Jamie and Doug plus one and yeah. I never shared it. And obviously Doug didn't either because I wanted to protect Henley. I didn't want Henley to ever feel like she was the cause of, of a divorce. If it, if it went that route, I didn't want her to feel like she was the only reason we were married because I don't want her to have that kind of pressure on herself. I mean, like, but the truth of the matter is, is that it was, it was pregnancy that really kept me like, okay, I, I mean, I'd want my kids to have a father. And then it was seeing you, Doug, as a father. And then slowly you've changed, you know, over the years and you're the most spectacular father, but it was seeing that that helped me fall in love with you again after going through that whole storm of, you know, all these things yeah. you were hiding from me. Yeah, that was probably the most depressed that I had been. Yeah, that was a real hard since time. Since we were together. So Salem, I forget. Let me just pull Salem <laughs> Square Secrets. That is that is the story behind that. And I know you've been wanting to know that for a long time, but that is like such a loaded answer that I couldn't just share it on an Instagram story. So I'm glad you reached out on hot marriage, cool parents. And, uh, and we were able to tell you through the podcast that we've actually yeah. never shared that so thoroughly, uh, before, because, um, I just don't want my daughter to ever hear or think, I mean, if God forbid, I don't think anything's going to happen to us now. Now I feel like our marriage is strong enough and we're going to make it through. Whereas before I didn't know, and I didn't want our daughter to ever come across anything that makes her think that she's either the reason we're together or we're not, because yeah. she is not, she's not responsible for that at all. Like that neither was is our really, son. I mean, if you think about it, that, that, that time was probably the most stressful, I would say. I mean, think about buying a house, not having a steady job, not having health insurance, getting ready to have a baby, fighting all the time, not being able to get on the same page about really anything, um, and trying to make it through that. And that was, yeah, that was, that was tough. And I've always wanted to be a father. Uh, I always wanted to be a dad. Uh, I never, ever wanted to give up on the marriage or the relationship, um, you know, and I, I, I just feel like that sort of just that change happened because of the weight of what was happening. Yeah. And I knew deep inside that I needed to get out of this funk that I was in stop feeling sorry for myself and make a change and, and, you know, be someone that my kids could look up to. 
Um, and, you know, that doesn't happen overnight, but, you know, it, I finally did get a job and the health insurance kicked in the night before we had Henley. No, the day that the, we had Henley. The day that we had Henley, that's when I, I got the health insurance. Well, that's like the, the day you started your new job. That I, was day one yeah, of my new job. Day one of his new job and we we're having a baby. Yeah, and it was during the solar eclipse too. Yeah, it was, that was such a time that sometime I guess we could go back and talk about, um, but we're past that time now. And so yeah. that was a really, really hard part of our marriage though. Um, so, so to gear it one, one, two, three said, will you adopt a child since you aren't conceiving? And great question. That's a great question. And, um, I think, feel like we've kind of already talked about it, but basically as a matter of fact, we had an opportunity well, at least a child, a little girl was needing to be adopted. A baby girl was needing to be adopted. And um, a friend reached out and said, hey, Jamie, you know, this little girl, her mom, unfortunately, suddenly died. The mom was a drug addict and unfortunately OD'd. And the dad didn't even know about the little girl and like the baby. The baby was three months old. I don't know why I'm saying little girl was a baby. Yeah. Um, and just didn't want anything to do with it. It was going to be a closed adoption and it was just going to be through lawyers, not like in an agency or anything. So it was probably one of those, like, like if we were to adopt, like that would have been an amazing opportunity to adopt. And of course I like hung up with her and immediately called Doug and I was like, Doug, we have everything. Like, let's do it. Like, but Doug is just, um, why don't you say, I mean, I feel like I always talk like Doug is not interested in adopting right now. And I get that. I mean, no. if you got an, and I also will never pressure you to adopt. And, um, like I just wouldn't want that for the child. I wouldn't want that for you. That wouldn't be the right answer. You have to have two people who are a hundred percent committed for adoption if you're going to adopt. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, um, for, for us, we're, we're still trying. Um, and I would consider adoption, maybe a little bit later, like when we're, when we stopped having kids, uh, and just, I think the, well, what if I can't get pregnant? Well, I, and well, what I'm saying is I think the impact that it would have on us where, you know, we have a lot going on (laughs) where, but we're, we're still overwhelmed with, with everything that's going on, um, to bring in a child to the house, just, you know, when you're not even thinking about it, um, I feel is a reckless decision. And you, if, if you have two people that are 100% dead set on adopting, I feel like that child is better off with two people that are 100% on board looking to adopt somebody. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And you also and said things like you're scared you can't love this child as much as you love your biological child, which, you know... I, I get kind of, except I'm like, I could, (laughs) but that doesn't mean, but like, I understand that. I really do. I mean, it just, I think that for us, if we were to adopt, I've always wanted to foster first anyways. And I've always wanted to go back to like, you know, mission work and be at an orphanage. I did that when I was in nursing school. And I feel like for us, it would be, maybe you'd be in love with a child first and then you would feel, then there's no hesitation. And so, you know, it's not like we necessarily have to adopt a baby. We could even adopt a child that we just connect with. But we're not there yet because we're both no. not on that page. And, and it's then, a lot for Henley and Hendricks, too. Yeah, I know. You think you, t- you talk about that a lot, too. 
But um, so moving on because this episode, because it's, you know, we've been talking about this a lot, but because uh, a lot of people are asking about my recent fertility appointment and like what the doctor said. And um, so, um, so I basically, I fully heard yet, right? Well, yeah, you were sitting here. I had this tele, oh, right. I had a telehealth appointment with this high risk um, maternal fetal medicine doctor, and um, and he reviewed all of my labs. And honestly, it was an interesting call because one thing that he said a little differently than our um, like the the doctor who's um, like endocrinologist or whatever the guy who's the IVF doctor, the, the fertility doctor. The one thing that this, uh, his name is Dr. Duncan, and he was like, listen, you know, if you were to do IVF, I want you to know that there, are, that that involves a slew of risks. There are more loss associated with IVF. There are more complications. And he was like, I don't just think that you should just jump to that. And what's interesting is that our fertility doctor, it's not like he told us to jump to that, but he said, you know, that with my age and with... Um, the fact that I have hypothyroidism and just all these, I have MTFHR or MTHFR. I have all these different complications and like one blocked fallopian tube. And so he was like, you know, the thing with, with IVF is that we know that we can get a good egg and we can, you know, we can test it and all these things. And so I feel like I've gotten, and I even said this to Dr. Duncan, the maternal fetal medicine, high risk doctor. I was like, I feel like I'm getting like kind of mixed reviews here because he was like, maybe IVF is the best way to go considering it's been this long and you have all these strikes against you. And then the Dr. Duncan, the other doctor was like, well, there are a lot of risks with that. And I think that, and so the one thing that Dr. Duncan, if you're listening, if you can follow me, cause I feel like there's, <laughs> there's a lot, I can barely follow it myself. But the one thing that I found out from my most recent doctor's appointment is that my hypothyroidism is, well, I mean, I've always known that hypothyroidism is linked to infertility and it's linked to losses. So you have oh, to I make sure. That. Oh Yeah. And um, the MTHFR, of course, is as well. And I didn't realize I had that. So I, I mean, there, I've, I've gotten some insight into my body. And the one thing is, is that he said that my thyroid levels aren't, it's not a severe, um, it's not severe enough that, like, that most doctors would even pay attention to the, my lab results. But he was like, I think you need to increase your thyroid medication because my thyroid is essentially working like really, really hard to like keep up to what, what like it's doing. Overtime. Yeah. And he thinks that because my thyroid is working so hard at that, that it's causing the secondary infertility and that, and could also cause, you know, of course, if we got pregnant, it could cause a loss because my body wouldn't be able to withstand it or whatever. And so anyways, he ordered more med- thyroid medication for me and he's going to check. He wanted to know about some sort of carrier type for you. I like to, I literally took notes because this guy yeah. was just going on and on and on and on about all these things. And I'm like, whoa, slow down. I don't even, you know, when you're, dealing with trying to conceive and infertility issues and you see doctor after doctor and you have all these different labs, it is very overwhelming. And it's, oh man, it's like a little debilitating. And, um, I'm just, you know, I am forever so thankful that I have Henley and Hendrix because if God forbid, you know, I mean, I have, feel I feel have so them. incredibly blessed and thankful because I have been a mom who left a hospital without my baby and had no baby to go home to. Yeah. And that's excruciating. 
And so for me going through this trying to conceive thing and this infertility and infertility doctors and high risk OBs and all this, like all these different labs and all this information coming at me, like I could imagine that if I didn't have Henley or Hendrix, I would probably just be crying every single night, like feeling like a, like kind of like a failure. Like I, like how come I can't just get, have a baby and why is it so complicated when like everybody else just gets pregnant and the rest of your family is, is so fertile. Yeah. Like I could see that. And so someone said to me the other day on Instagram as well, they said, it seems like you're handling this, trying to conceive things so easily. And like, and that, you know, and the fact that you're like, having this struggle well just the fact that I mean and I can see what she's saying because I feel like I am I have like like hope and a little tiny bit of peace because I do have two beautiful healthy children and so you know I I but like I know that if I didn't have them I would be a wreck an absolutely devastated wreck just hearing all this information and then one doctor says one thing and another and it's not like they're saying complete opposite things but it's just kind of, I mean, the truth of the matter left is... left the first appointment, though, thinking, like, man, he was really pushing for IVF. But he did it because he had, I mean, he had his reasons. I mean, I am, like, considered advanced maternal age or geriatric pregnancy. So my, in my, my, I have a low to normal AMH, so my egg count isn't, you know, high. And I, I mean, I have, there's a lot of reasons why he was pushing for it because yeah. he was, and because that doesn't even happen like, you know, in a month, it still takes time. And so, and I'm 37 going to be 38. And so I can see why he's doing that. And then, but then this OB, this high risk OB was like, I don't think that you have to do that. And he did give me hope that he did say that he thinks that I'll be able to conceive and he's like you've done it before twice they literally it's like just figuring out my body and getting my body and like doing it the right and that right you know that right time frame you got to do it in the right time frame (laughs) and so um yeah and I mean you've been well aware of your body for a while I mean you you've you've had testing done you've had blood work done and you know this came up before we got pregnant with both Henley and Hendrix where you know, we, we, we got tested, um, for you, it was, you know, as soon as you switch to more plant-based and like less gluten and less dairy, you know, it almost seemed like your body sort of just, I don't, I don't want to call it just like a detox, but you know, it seemed to get your body yeah to the right place. Which tells me that I should probably eat like that all the time. And I don't know why I'm rebelling But you've also been that. working out and you've been eating great. Yeah. I don't know. So needless to say, the, the doctor is going to increase my thyroid medication. And I feel like maybe with the increase, I mean, I just have a little bit more hope that we will be able to have a baby naturally because you know, he gave me that hope. He was like, well, it, this isn't severe enough that, a doc, that you know, most doctors probably would, wouldn't look at it, but he's a maternal fetal medicine high risk doctor. And so he sees these labs all the time. And he was like, I think this thyroid medication needs to increase a little bit. And, um, and then, and then your body, you know, like you might have a better chance essentially. Yeah. And then he, there's also a couple other things that we're going to have done. Like your genetic carrier type and my genetic carrier screening. And he wants us to go to a genetic, um, I forget what they're called. Genetic geneticist. Yes, I think so. I don't know. They, they actually called and I missed their phone call. Um, cause so I know last time I had 
I have a biotin deficiency. Biotinidase deficiency. And I have that as well. But that, he said that has something to do with, with, with this. And so I feel like that is a loaded answer for you. I don't even know if you can follow it. I can barely, Mm. barely follow it. Those of you listening, I don't (laughs) know if that's like, but that was basically the result of this last telemedicine, um, conversation that I had with his name is Dr. Duncan and he was great. I really enjoyed talking with him. I really enjoy our fertility doctor as well. I think that they're both very, very smart. They both want the best for us. The fertility guy said though, there was a chance to conceive naturally. Yeah. He did say that actually too, but he just thinks that if we're really wanting to have a baby, then we might just want to go the IVF route because even that takes time. And also the, the older I am, you know, like I have to carry the baby for nine months and whatnot. And so I can see, you know, I don't know. And so this is where you just, honestly, you just got to pray and leave it in God's hand. And, and truly, if I didn't have my two beautiful, angelic, sweet souls here, then I'd probably, pressure. oh, I would be like so depressed, I think. And so like mad at my body. Cause I remember I was like that with like, after I lost Jonathan, I just was so mad at my body and I was just so mad at myself. And I was like, what did I do wrong? And then after I had those other two losses before Hendrix, again, I was like, what is wrong with this body of mine? Like, why can't I just have a baby like a normal, like, you know, like my sister-in-law was having each time when I was pregnant with Jonathan, she had Mason and she had him just absolutely fine. And then when I was pregnant with that, the last one that I lost, she had Zach and we were supposed to have lunch with them. And that day I found out I didn't have a baby in my belly and that it was just a bunch of cells that didn't grow correctly. And she found out that, you know, she heard the heartbeat and all the things. And I was like, well, that's awesome. And I just was so upset with myself like that. Why can't I just function normally? And so, you know, I guess I'm, I'm trying to say, you know, the a mindset of gratitude and being thankful. And truly, I am. I know I'm blessed to have Henley and Hendrix, and so I'm just focused on that. But I also know deep in my heart that we have a miracle coming. I really believe that. I, I feel it. I feel it too. I really believe that, and I'm not going to give up on that miracle because no. I just know that in God, God's like perfect timing, it's coming. Yeah, but I've, I've never had baby fever, but I started to have baby fever. I know it's always been me, but I I think I, I mean, I want more kids than you. I'm like really. Yeah. I want want one more. I I would love to be, I think we'll be blessed with one more. We'll see what God has in store, but needless to say that I hope that that wasn't too confusing for you to listen to. If you're still here listening, shout out to you. Cause I feel like I, kind of butchered it. I'm also kind of confused myself though. I don't know how best to explain it to you when I'm a little confused myself, but we're going to the genetic guy, the, the you know, the genetic doctor is the next thing that we're doing. And, um, do I'm, I have to get a test? Yeah. So you're going to have your blood drawn. And I think maybe I have my blood drawn as well. Again, I was so confused at the, at the end of this, um, appointment and it was via telemedicine or whatever. So it was on my computer. So it wasn't like I could like that's always like an extra, yeah, that's like an extra layer of like miscommunication. I feel like, because I, I don't want to like, I mean, you can't see somebody, you can't see their body language. You can't see what words they're stressing and how they're approaching it or how confident they are in what they're saying. Yeah. And his, in English, I don't think it's his first language. And so there was a little bit of like, he had an accent. And so I'm like, but I didn't want to like constantly ask him to repeat himself. And so, (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to figure this out. Right. But um, needless to say, if you're trying to conceive, if you're on that journey, um, 
my heart goes out to you because it is, it's a lot. It is an awful lot. And I just pray that, I don't know, I just pray that God's will is done in each of our lives and that we have some sticky baby dust given to us and that, (laughs) yeah, I mean, what else can you pray for? So, um, and yeah, and you know, and if you are someone who's not trying to conceive and you have you know, babies at home or grown children or whatever, hug them tight and just, you know, of course, be so thankful for them because it isn't that easy for everyone. (laughs) I mean, there's so many stories too um, of people saying as soon as they stop trying, that's when they get pregnant. Well, I'm not going to lie. When we, for Hendrix, when it had been 18 months and two losses before we got pregnant with Hendrix and we went to the fertility doctor and it was there that we found out that we were pregnant with Hendrix. I mean, I knew, I kind of knew because I saw a faint line before, but I was like, I need a doctor to tell me because I just don't believe it unless (laughs) it's a doctor. And so I was kind of hoping that when we kind of threw in the towel and went to go see the fertility doctor this time, that there'd be that line and (laughs) and it'd be the same thing. Like, oh, surprise, you're already pregnant. Yeah. But here we are. And yeah, that's not. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. So guess it can't be the same story with each kid. Can't always be that easy. (laughs) But anyways, um, so yeah, so thank you so much. I hope that we answered like all, I feel like we answered a few of your questions. I know there was more, we can never get to all of them, but um, we'll try to do this again. Let us know if you really love these Q and A's because we could do more of them for sure. I mean, that's the whole point of the podcast is truly to connect with you. And And we're planning on having some more, uh, some guests to come on, some other uh, family made, uh, content creators, uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to. Yeah. And honestly, if there's anyone that you want to talk to, please just shoot me a DM or honestly on hot marriage, cool parents is a great place. Um, and, uh, or even just on my Instagram, feel free. And yeah, we would love to just invite back on some guests that maybe you are someone that we haven't even had. We'll, we'll try to reach out to and, and chit chat with because yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's the whole point of this is like having a community and, Yeah, we've really lacked that, I feel like, for quite some time. And so we're excited to have that back now. Um, You're just But like we always say at the end, we love you. And yes. thank you for being with us. Yes, thank you. And thank you for sending in all your questions. And thank you for all your love and support, as always. And we want to love you and support you right back there. So if you need anything, of course, just shoot us over a message. And however we can help you, we will try. Take care. All right, have a great week. We love you. Bye. Bye.